Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. Just recently, I was talking about Bible prophecy. Yesterday, we kind of got into this thing about the 10 nations that might be joining in a peace agreement with Israel. And it's kind of led us into some discussion with some of my listeners on Bible prophecy and how Islam fits into Bible prophecy. And so I want to talk about that here today and maybe over the next few broadcasts. And I come on and break it down um, in like a bird's eye view over things. We're not going to be able to get into a lot of the nitty gritty things, but I have found as I've been studying Islam now for a couple decades now, that when I started looking to their, their teachings on eschatology, on future events, on their prophecies and, and all that, and to tell you the truth, a lot of it doesn't come from the Quran. Muhammad never dealt with it much. Very little comes from the Hadiths. A lot of it comes from Islamic tradition. Mainly the Shiites. The Shiites are very big on prophecy. The Sunnis, not so much. But yet both would kind of agree with this analysis that I'm going to give you. Muslims are waiting for three people to show up in future events. They believe that the Quran and the Bible, in agreement, would be in agreement with this. That they're waiting for one person called the Mahdi. The Mahdi is like their, their Messiah. He is the promised one who'll come, who'll bring redemption. He's going to be a political leader. He will bring about God's kingdom here on earth, the Mati. Then they're waiting for another character called Isa. Now, if you're familiar with Islam, you know who Isa is. Isa is the Arabic name for Jesus. And it may surprise you to know that Muslims believe and are waiting for Jesus to return, that Jesus is coming, but not quite the same way that you and I as Christians see him. Muslims don't see him in the second coming as the political leader, but as the religious leader. He'll be the assistant to the Mahdi. He serves the Mahdi. The Mahdi is the political leader. He's the Messiah. And Isa, he will run the religion. And he'll call all Christians to the true religion of Islam. That we've been misled in following a lie that the real Isa, the real Jesus of the Bible, is a Muslim, and that the real God of heaven is Allah, not Jehovah. But then there's a third person that will show up, and they call him the Dajjal. The Dajjal is who they refer to as the false Messiah. He'll claim to be the Messiah, but he's not, according to their doctrine, and that they'll go to war with him and conquer him. Doesn't this sound a little familiar to you? Of course it does. It seems like we're already talking about the book of Revelation and the, the first beast being the Antichrist, the 
political leader, having his sidekick, the second beast, who runs the religion, the worship, and that the true Messiah will return, Jesus will return after the seven-year tribulation, and will make war and defeat the Antichrist, the false Messiah. It's like you're reading the book of Revelation in reverse. And when I started uh, understanding what Muslims have been taught for hundreds and hundreds of years, it's like, oh my goodness, this is the religion of the Antichrist. Let that sink in for a moment. What is the Antichrist going to do when he shows up? After the rapture, someone will take the lead, a political leader, and we know that he'll make a seven-year peace agreement with Israel. Who out there needs to make peace with Israel? Now, for many years in my childhood, as an independent Baptist, we've been taught, well, that's going to come from the Catholics, you know, the Pope. That's where it's going to be. And we, you know, go to Revelation chapter 12, you know, the seven hills and all that type of stuff and purple and, and all these different things there that make us think, ah, you know, well, that's all pointing to, uh, to the Catholics, to the Pope. Some things just don't quite fit. It never has. And we kind of try to push the pieces of the puzzle together and make it fit. But it's not quite, it doesn't fit, doesn't fall into place where, you know, have you ever done that? You know, you're, you got this piece and you just, you know, surely it's got to fit here. Surely this has got to be the piece. I mean, and you keep pushing at it and you mash at it and you kind of get it in there. And ah, there it is. And then finally you discover you didn't have it in the right place. You find the perfect piece for it. Well, that's kind of what's happened to me in my interpretations and uh, understanding of Bible prophecy. When I started studying Islam, it's like, oh my goodness, this fits. And so when you put the eyes of Islam on your eyes and then look at Bible prophecy, wow, some things come into focus in such a, a way. And so I've been teaching for a number of years now that Islam, that I call Islam, the Antichrist religion. Now, some of the things that I'm that I say are purely subjective, purely speculative. On my, you know, simply because you know this is what I think, this is what I see, and this is what I understand, and so I, you know, uh, give a hypothesis that uh, this is how Islam will fit into this area. And, uh, oh, you know, I kind of lost my train. I went down a rabbit trail. Let me come back to it. Uh, Why would the Catholics need to make peace with Israel? The Catholics aren't at war with Israel. That's never made sense to me. Why are they the ones to make a peace agreement with Israel? I mean, do they have control over the Islamic nations? No, they don't. They're hated by the Islamic nations. Now, yeah, we're seeing some things with this pope. My goodness, this pope is irregular to say the least some of the things that he is permitting in the catholic world is shocking and and the overtures that he's made towards islam has been shocking never seen that before 
I do believe that there will be possibly a merging of these two faiths with this thing called Chrislam, which I'll probably need to break into here before too long again, because a lot of these topics we talk about from time to time, but we have new listeners coming into the program here, and, and you've not heard this stuff. It's been stuff that I have researched thoroughly to break this down. So the Catholics don't need to make peace, but who's at war with Israel? Who wants their destruction? Every uh, Islamic nation. And by the way, every nation that surrounds Israel in the Middle East are Islamic, and they want nothing but their destruction. There's an old saying amongst Muslims, from the river to the sea. What do they mean by that? From the river, Jordan River, to the sea, to the Mediterranean Sea, they want to push every Jew out, destroy them, have it annihilated. And so they want the destruction of Israel. And so it only makes sense, common sense, that um, the overture of peace would come from Muslims, from Islamic nations. As I said, some of these things I'm going to tell you are speculative, but some of the things we're going to get into, and we'll probably do it tomorrow, I'm going to get into tomorrow where in the Bible I say with dogmatic um, positions. In other words, I believe Bible tells me that Islam is an antichrist religion. There's only one religion in the world that fits a teaching about Antichrist. And it's, it comes clearly out of the Bible. And the only religion that, that fits is Islam, none other. And so, biblically, I can say without apology, with Bible authority, that Islam is the Antichrist religion. And we'll break that down in tomorrow's broadcast. And so let me um, let me just hasten to a few other things there to kind of whet your appetite for some of the things that we'll be talking about. There is um, uh, uh, other things that I see in Revelation chapter 17. We have the teaching of the great whore. And in Revelation chapter 17, we see... Um, that this is a city. It's talking that the great whore is not a person. It is a location. It's a city. Verse number 18 makes that very, very clear. Um, and that the Antichrist will rule from this city. This will be his headquarters. But in chapter 17, this is where we have in verse number 9, the seven mountains. And this is where some people say, ah, this is Rome, because everyone knows that Rome is built on the seven hills. Of course, they're hills, not mountains. It does make a little difference there. But the problem with that is that in verse number three, we're told that it's located in the wilderness. Now, I've been to Rome, and it is beautiful, and it is on seven hills. Um. But, um, but the location that I believe, there's two locations in the Middle East that I believe that it's referring to. One uh, could be the original city of, uh, uh, that we 
called Babylon, the city where Nimrod was at, and he built that tower and you know to to, to heaven, and God confused their languages, and later the place became known as Babylon, the you know the place of babbling. And there's another location. Now that's located up in Persia, um, up towards um, uh, Iraq in, in in that area. But the other location, I believe, is in Saudi Arabia, perhaps Mecca itself, because that too fits the descriptions, and it also fits Babylon. And we'll break that down in uh, in a few days when we get into that. And so we'll get also into into this um, discussion. We'll talk about the in Revelation chapter thirteen, uh, the beast. And the second beast and how all these things fit Islamic teaching and points us to Islam. And so what what are we seeing going on in the world? Well, we're seeing the world being highly populated by Muslims. A hundred years ago, at the end of World War I, there were about 300 million Muslims in the world. Today, 1.8 billion Muslims. Practically one in four people today are now Muslim. Uh, let that sink in. One in four people in the world today are now Muslim. And so we're now seeing the rise of what I believe God has been preparing for the end days. And the Islamic uh, faith, which fits the Antichrist religion, is beginning to take control in our world. That's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corners of truth and courage. God bless you.